This is Rush to Reason. You are going to shut your damn yapper and listen for a change because I got you pegged, sweetheart. You want to take the easy way out because you're scared. And you're scared because if you try and fail, there's only you to blame. Let me break this down for you. Life is scary. Get used to it. There are no magical fixes. With your host, John Rush. My advice to you is to do what your parents did. Get a job first. You haven't made everybody equal. You've made them the same, and there's a big difference. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life, that there's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. It is this feeling that has brought you to me. Are you crazy? Am I? Or am I so sane that you just blew your mind? It's Rush to Reason, brought to you by Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. With your host, John Rush. All right, Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us. We are in our second hour now. And Jonathan Hofer joining us now, as I said earlier. Jonathan, welcome. You're a research associate at the Independent Institute. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. No, very much so. And uh, you've got a research out, ta- or sorry, report out talking about the pitfalls of law enforcement license plate readers in California. The thing I think people need to realize is they'll say, well, we're in Colorado, not California. It doesn't matter because when these technologies get released in one state, they're bound to go other places. Right, Jonathan? That's absolutely correct. And usually when we think about government mass surveillance, we might think of the NSA or the CIA, but in reality, the most uh, common tool of mass surveillance in the United States is actually license plate readers. And if they're not in your city, they're uh, soon coming. Uh, And they are in, by the way, a lot of them. Now, in this particular case, because we know that the... The you know law enforcement agency, at least here in Colorado, State Patrol and other places, that you know they they are reading you know license plates on a pretty routine basis. Is this something different where the actual state is doing it, or the cities are doing it, or what is this particular technology? You know, it's really a combination of both and all of the above. So, automated license plate readers are high-speed cameras that have the ability to read the alphanumeric characters on the license plate. Okay. And they they read the numbers and letters using a software called optical caricature recognition. And okay. it's similar to how you might search, um, let's say, a print book on Google Books, for example, or how you might search a PDF scan of a paper. And when, it, uh, when a car approaches these cameras, the, uh, the camera will uh, take an image or a series of image of the approaching car and we'll apply a timestamp, and we'll typically log the time and place of a vehicle. And uh, this is sometimes collected by city departments. It could be collected by, you know, a highway patrol mm-hmm. agency. Uh, in many states, they're actually collected by private third parties who are vendors of local police departments, and they'll sell the data back to uh, agencies. And sometimes they're also collected by what are called fusion centers, which are intelligence gathering bodies that are meant to be a part of uh, counterterrorism, and they'll collect these records and then make them available to agencies throughout the nation. I'm guessing, mainly because I read kind of what was in this report a little bit of, I should say, what's in my notes, but what I'm guessing, and I would have guessed this even before reading that, these things can't be 
because nothing is infallible. There's going to be issues with them, you know, glitches and quirks and so on. And I'm guessing if these things get far enough off, even in some cases one digit, the person, you know, the person driving said car could be in big trouble. Absolutely. So one of the chief problems with ALPRs is really their accuracy. Okay. And so these cameras are largely meant to be a part of a police strategy with dealing with missing persons or car thefts. And so when an ALPR alerts an officer to a car, uh, general procedure throughout the nation is that responding officers are to treat it as what's called a felony or high-risk stop. Okay. And this means that police have their guns out because the presumption is that officers are dealing with a known or suspected felon who could be armed and dangerous. And so you would think that ALPRs, because of this heightened level of potential danger, would be very accurate. But unfortunately, and this could be due to you know weather conditions or lighting conditions, or the, the condition, you know, the other thing, too, that, that could happen is the condition of the plate, right? Absolutely. Which, yeah, really quick, i, I got to tell you something, Jonathan, along those lines. I was thinking about that before having you on. So here's what's happened here in Colorado. You may or may not know this. In Colorado, I'm guessing because of this, I don't think it's any other reason other than what your report found. In Colorado, if you owned an older vehicle, so let's say you've got a 2016, I don't know, Nissan Maxima, and you go buy a new vehicle, whether it be used or new, and you want to transfer that old plate to said new car, Jonathan, in the state of Colorado, as of January 1st of this year, you can no longer do that. You have to either reserve the number you had if you want to keep it. They will then give you that plate again, but it costs you extra money because it's like a customized plate now. It's like a vanity plate, if you would. They'll give you that number again if you want to go through all those hoops and do that and pay the extra fee. Otherwise, you get a whole new plate with a whole new number that is brand spanking new. And my gut feeling is so that you don't have what you found. Yeah, that's actually a great point. And, uh, you know, these cameras can misidentify uh, one out of every 10 cars, and that's according to an ALPR data aggregator. Uh, an interesting case actually from Colorado was this woman a year or two ago in Aurora. She uh, was taking her nieces and daughters to go get their nails done in a shopping center, and she found out the salon was closed, and by the time she got back to her car, uh, police had surrounded it, and they told her, well, we're investigating this stolen car. And she says, well, this is obviously not stolen. This is my vehicle. And what had happened was is likely uh, it was a duplicate license plate uh, belonging to a motorcycle in Montana and was, in fact, not the license plate for her uh, Dodge van. Wow. Wow. So... Your one out of 10 can be faulty, which means these things are roughly 90% accurate, which, by the way, when it comes to this sort of technology and what it creates out of that technology, I don't think 90% is good enough, Jonathan. No, it, in fact, it's quite frightening when you consider that these uh, cameras can scan up to 2,000 plates per minute. And so in many places, they're positioned over busy interstates. And so in a high-traffic situation, maybe you don't have 2,000 cars, but, uh, you know, that could potentially be a misread of 200 cars per minute. Mm -hmm. And that's a really bad situation. It's not good for drivers, and it's also not good for police officers either. They shouldn't be responding to, uh, you know, potentially dangerous situations and cornering people like this with, um, you know, bad pretenses of a traffic stop. 
which we already know what happens in those particular situations. And I agree with you. And, and I, I don't know. I've not had any uh, dealings or, or chatted with anybody in the law enforcement and of things to find out what they feel about this, whether they like it or, or don't like it. Um, the, the problem that they're going to have, this is my gut feeling. Anyways, and answer me, you know, tell me if I'm correct. So police officer, you know, cars going by and these readers, you know, point out that there's a potential, you know, there's a potential stolen car, even though it could be falsely identified. My, my question, Jonathan, is what other checks and balances can law enforcement go through before they actually pull this individual over? At that point, is it a done deal? Because this reader basically said, nope, this is a stolen car. Pull him over. Is that what's happening? Yeah, it's, it's a mixed bag. So general practice is that officers are supposed to manually check license plates uh, with either central dispatch or, you know, maybe confer with their state DMV, depending on the jurisdiction. However, we do sometimes see that either it's just a pure transcription error of the camera misreading a single digit or the officer is actually failing to double-check the license plate, double-check the make and model of a car. Uh, that mm. happened actually in a very notable case in San Francisco. A woman's uh, red burgundy, Lex or like burgundy Lexus was pulled over, uh, but police were actually looking for a gray GMC. And at no point did they double-check the make and model of the car that they were looking for, but instead they pull her out at gunpoint. Wow. So there are additional checks and balances that could be done. But, you know, again, in defense of officers, when there's a lot of things going on or, you know, let's face it, they, they're not they're not perfect. They're they're not infallible either. Jonathan, things can just happen. I guess point being, until we get this this problem, which is what it is resolved, if you're pulled over and you think something's really fishy, you better mind your P's and Q's or you could find yourself in a world of hurt. Yeah, definitely. And it's uh you know, there's also a case where officers might think that a suspect's fleeing, and so they want to, you know, make sure that that vehicle stops. But when you're not doing the due diligence or you're relying too heavily on a technology that may be flawed, yeah. it really magnifies the possibility that an error can occur. And it's especially concerning when many of these camera networks uh departments around the country and in various states, they contribute to a common pool of cars of interest. It could be a stolen car registry or maybe a missing persons broadcast. You know, one person making an error, uh, you know, it magnifies throughout and spreads like wildfire mm -hmm. because other departments are relying on that data. Yep. And, you know, it's not always introduced by officers. It could be just a bad stolen car report or people failing to update police, and that becomes a real concern. Yep. What can folks do about this? I mean, is this something where it's just going to start happening across the country and in, in each jurisdiction, each city and county and so on, or are there things that citizens can do to protect themselves in this regard? You know, I think it really comes down to making sure that uh, states and cities really have their own uh, policies on how uh, their city or their state agencies um, uh, use this technology. And one of the foremost uh, safeguards that could be undertaken is just limiting the amount of time that data is stored. Mm. Uh, so, you know, making sure that data is automatically deleted if it's not le needed for a criminal investigation or there's no reason that it'll become a part of an investigation mm. in the future. Uh, that makes sure that any flawed data that's in the system is regularly cured and kept out. 
It maintains the, you know, data mm -hmm. hygiene of the database. Right. Um, and I think this is something that a lot of people could go and talk to their city council about. Um, there's a lot of success stories throughout the nation where people have gone up to their city councils. And, and sometimes this is also undertaken by police departments themselves. They say, hey, we have this new tool that we're optimistic about and we think it could help us address crime. Here's how we safely do this with these safeguards mm -hmm. that's going to protect uh, citizens, privacy, uh, but also ensures that we're not compromised in doing our job. Awesome. Jonathan Hofer, again, we appreciate it very much. Independent Institute. How do they find you, Jonathan? Yeah, the best way would be to go to independent.org, and I have a profile there. You can search my name, Jonathan Hofer, and I have various reports on automated license plate readers, both civil awesome. liberty, legal concerns, and efficacy studies. Awesome. We appreciate it very much. Again, welcome anytime, Jonathan. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me. Appreciate it. You know what? Uh, he is spot on. Got to make sure that we keep the checks and balances in place. Otherwise, you could end up... Um, in, in, like I said earlier, you could end up in a heap of trouble. Affordable interest mortgage is next. Kurt Rogers, make sure that you're in the right uh, situation with your mortgage, and Kurt can help you with all of that. You may want to pull some cash out, do some remodeling, or just have some cash on hand, given what's going on right now economically. If that's you, give Kurt a call today, 720-895-0500. Want to keep making your 30-year payment but own in 15 years? Want to be able to access your equity for future needs and not pay for it now? Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage. 720-895-0500. We have been showing Coloradans how to own their home in less time without changing their 30-year payment. Home values are at the highest in their history. Take advantage of being able to access your equity for 10, 20, 30 years without making payments now. Take AIM, 720-895-0500. Worried about inflation? Everything getting too expensive? Learn how to be able to access your equity without having to refinance and pay closing costs over and over and over. Do it once and you're good for 30 years. Affordable interest mortgage, 720-895-0500. Tired of paying too much interest to own your home? Stop. Learn how to lower your total interest cost, 720-895-0500. Locally owned and operated since 2001, and where it's all about you is not just our motto, it's who we are. NMLS 298-191, regulated by DORA. All right, Absolute Electrical Heating and Air coming up next. And again, they can help you save money in lots of areas, whether it be on your energy bill through electricity or just what you're doing with your HVAC system. They want to help you across the board. 720-526-0231. It pays off to be cool when you make an investment with a quiet, cool fan system. You keep the heat away and get your money back in energy savings. You get a return on your energy efficiency when you get a quiet cool system installed by Absolute Electrical Heating and Air that pays for itself with how much money you can save. Quiet cool systems save you between 50 and 90% on your air conditioning costs. The motor inside works efficiently to pull hot, stuffy air out of the house and replace it with clean, fresh air. According to the U.S. Department of Energy, whole house fans, including your new quiet cool, are the most energy efficient way to cool your home. With the energy savings from your quiet cool installation done by the experts at Absolute, you'll be paying yourself back for years to come. Invest in energy efficiency now. Call today at 720-526-0231. Mention KLZ and you'll get a $300 rebate when your install is completed. Again, that's 720-526-0231. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. 
High Five Plumbing, 877-WE-HIGH-FIVE. They want to take care of all of your plumbing needs, whatever that happens to be, by the way, inside, outside, uh, you've got something you want to upgrade, you name it, they can help you. Again, if you want to save money, many, many ways to do that on the plumbing end of things. 877-WE-HIGH-FIVE. Come join the High Five team. High Five Plumbing has been in business for over 10 years in Denver, Colorado, and was recently awarded Denver Chamber of Commerce Small Business of the Year. We are a family business focused on residential service with two locations in the Denver metro, and we're hiring. We're currently looking for plumbing technicians, installers, apprentices, customer service representatives, and dispatchers. High Five offers competitive perks with full medical benefits including health, vision, and dental, paternity and maternity leave, unlimited time off with advance notice, and 48 hours of PTO. Strategize your career and work at High Five Plumbing. Our apprentice program will teach you and guide you to become a plumbing technician. You'll be around our best senior technicians in the industry. No matter what you apply for, High Five offers regular training and career development opportunities. Apply to be a part of the High Five Plumbing Crew and find a professional, growth-oriented community where every workday ends with a high five. Apply at HighFivePlumbing.com and click on Now Hiring. John Rush here, host of Drive Radio and Fix It Radio. This Saturday, we'll be on location at the American Legion, post 1111 at 9959 Wadsworth Boulevard. That's actually Old Wadsworth Boulevard. It's the Crankers Car, Truck, and Bike Show. This is a great car show that benefits the American Legion. Come by, say hi, get some great food, and some great Drive Radio giveaways. That's Fix It Radio and Drive Radio this Saturday from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. right here on KLZ 560. Putting reason into your afternoon drive. This is John Rush. All right, we are back. And yes, don't forget, we'll be out at the Crankers Car Show on Saturday. Be there all morning. So come out, say hi. Always have a great time. Going to be some great food there as well. It's always a great, fun event. Might be a little coolish, so you might want to make sure you've got a little jacket, sweatshirt, something along those lines, because the weather this weekend is uh, much cooler than it has been. Let's just say that. We're going to have about a, believe it or not, about a 40-degree cool down. I'm not exaggerating when I say that. It might be in the low 60s as a high on Saturday. So it's going to be a little bit chilly, but it'll still be a fun day. Come out and enjoy and say hi. Uh, all right, next up. This is a article. <clears throat> Actually, it was sent to me by one of our uh, uh, managers, I should say, here at Crawford Broadcasting. But I thought I, want, I wanted to stick this into today's program. Well, spend a lot of time on this because there's a lot here to unpack but it's sad in one way and yet I believe fully preventable at the same time let me explain headline reads this is on Fox News pastors battle skyrocketing burnout amid politics pandemic and it's wearing on the soul 42% of pastors have considered quitting full-time ministry according to a recent study And by the way, my heart goes out to anybody that's doing that. I definitely don't want to sound calloused at all in what I'm going to say. So please don't think of it that way. But I will also say, you guys brought this on yourself. So no, I'm not being callous, but I'm being very honest. And when you say, what do you mean, John? How how did they bring this among themselves? Um... I know many a pastor that won't speak about politics from the pulpit, that wouldn't speak about the pandemic from the pulpit. In fact, a lot of them caved to the pandemic. 
shut their doors, wouldn't stay open. All sorts of things along those lines. They, they, they wouldn't fight. And when it comes to politics, there's not... I would be, I would be surprised if the number's above 10% of churches and church leaders out there that'll even talk about politics from the pulpit. And by the way, I'm not saying you got to get up there and tell, tell everybody what your favorite candidate is. That's not what I'm saying. I don't, frankly, even believe in doing that. But I do believe in letting people be aware of what their civic duty is and who they should be voting for and the type of candidate that they should be looking at. And again, we don't do that. We have, we have lost the ability to teach civics in church many moons ago. And then we wonder why we now have 42% of pastors wanting to quit because they feel burned out. And a lot of it is because of politics. Well, when you avoid the inevitable, the inevitable is going to happen. And that's what's happening right now. You, you, there's an old saying. You may not care about politics, but politics sure cares about you. And by the way, church leaders, the same goes for you. You may not care about it. You may not want to talk about it. But guess what? It's coming after you no matter what. So while I'm just as saddened as anyone else that this is the case, because nobody wants to see a pastor quit full-time ministry. I especially do not want to see that happen. But I also know that we've entered into a day and age, probably the last 20 plus years, where it's become taboo in a church to talk about it. And it's been to the detriment of a lot of churches, by the way. It's just, it's wrong. It's one of the first places we should be talking about those things. But we don't. We avoid it. We've got church leadership, not even the pastor, but, you know, deacons and board members and so on that will actually come along and say the same thing. No, 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 we can't talk about that. We can't go there. Might run too many people off. Might offend too many people. So what? Big stinking deal. If they're offended by that, they're going to get offended at other things as well that you're preaching on, if you're preaching. So, again, I'm I'm not trying to be calloused any way, shape, or form. I, I love each and every one of you guys. And I would never say anything that would be, you know, that I would want to be taken the wrong way. But, but, I mean what I said. This has been brought about because a lot of you will avoid this topic altogether rather than addressing it head on. We'll be right back. Golden Eagle Financial is coming up next. And Al Smith, who wants to help you, by the way, he'll hit head on your financial situation and tell you exactly what you need to do and tell you in an open and honest way what needs to happen. KLZRadio.com, 303-744-1128. Golden Eagle Financial can help you create a retirement plan with provisions which ensure that you stay financially secure as you move into retirement. Al Smith can help you add provisions to your plan so you know that when you do retire, you're protected. In retirement, you will need ready money for emergencies, growing assets to supplement your income, a good chunk of savings, and guaranteed funds. Al can help make your income last by selecting the right financial products. He'll help you increase your income when necessary. Al Smith can also help you prepare financially by conserving what you have so that you're protected in the case of unforeseen circumstances. Schedule a consultation for financial advising from Al Smith at Golden Eagle Financial. Go to klzradio.com slash money. That's klzradio.com slash money. Advisory services offered through Foundation Investment Advisors, an SEC-registered advisor. 
Extreme Auto Repair, folks, make sure that your vehicle's in top working order. It's how you save the most money. And don't forget they've got Cooper Tires at cost. That's Extreme Auto Repair. KLZRadio.com, 303-841-1071. Thanks for restoring my faith in humanity. No more hopping from one mechanic to another, trying to find a solution for your vehicle's persistent issue. Extreme Auto Repair has a reputation for fixing problems quickly. You bring your Nissan to the dealer because of a rattling noise, they charge you $4,000. You still hear the noise. You bring the same vehicle to Extreme Auto Repair in Parker, where Sean and his team quickly discover a broken bolt in the subframe. A known Nissan failure they've seen many times before. Real stories like this one earn Extreme Auto Repair customers for life. As one woman exclaims in a recent five-star review, thanks for restoring my faith in humanity. The factory-trained technicians at Extreme Auto Repair stay up to date with the manufacturer data for your vehicle's specific make and model for quick and experienced problem-solving. Fill out the contract form now at klzradio.com extreme. Okay, in our home transitions, whatever you're looking for when it comes to a realtor, they can help you. Two ladies for the price of one, by the way, 720-437-8210. With K&R Home Transitions, you get more than you see on the surface and two experts for the price of one. Can you imagine if you had to hire two realtors? With each of them having different areas of expertise, they are able to do more than the typical agent to help you get the best deal for your home purchase or to sell your home for top dollar fast. After all, one agent simply can't know everything or do everything. Speaking of doing, Cat and Robin are not shy about getting their hands dirty. From cleaning toilets to laying baseboards, they've done it. As a team, they work hard in tandem because they realize that you need more from the current housing market and you need more for your home. K&R Home Transitions does everything in their power to go above and beyond throughout the buying and selling process because it is truly about you and doing their best for you. Get more than you see on the surface. Get two for the price of one. Visit klzradio.com home. Again, that's klzradio.com home. Powered by Worth Clark Realty. Live and local. Back to Rush to Reason. All right, we are back. Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. Andrew Bernstein with us. He's been with us before, so welcome back, Andrew. And uh, parent power can improve U.S. education, and right now we literally at an all-time low when it comes to public education and the, um, the feelings towards it. Let's just say it that way. Well, you're absolutely right, Sean. Thanks for having me back on the show. And I think, um, you know, in my, my new book that just came out, why Johnny still can't read or write or understand math and what we can do about it. You know, in the first half of the book, I point out the horrors of the government school system, although there's still good classroom teachers and some school districts are better than others. Mm-hmm. But, you know, second half of the book, you know, I really focus on what we can do about it. And I think the key point here is parents have to pull their kids out of the government schools, mm-hmm. have to assume responsibility for yeah. education of and there's many different ways they could do that, John, including homeschooling and homeschool co-ops and the most you know, hiring tutors. And I think the most exciting development in American education in recent years is what they call the micro schools, you know, these small community schools where very often some of your best teachers who are as disgruntled yeah. as the parents right. opt out of the school system and with a few parents and a few families form, you know, a small community school, or micro schools, as they're called. And, you know, it's becoming so widespread that Forbes, 
business magazine even ran a story on it a year or so ago uh, and, and talked about the return of the one-room schoolhouse. And I think this is a very exciting development for, for promoting uh, improved education in this country. And again, you're no, uh, you know, you're a stranger to education, PhD in philosophy from the City University of New York. You lecture all over the world. You've written numerous books. I mean, you're somebody that understands this very, very well. So to have somebody like you come on, and by the way, we, even though I don't have the education you do, I, I'm with you. You've got to get your kids out of the, I call them government indoctrinational camps. The reality is we've got to get them out of there and get them back into where the parents are in charge versus someone else. And, and you are spot on. And you're seeing it happen. And question I've got, Andrew, is I still think that one of the, because I've heard it, one of the stumbling blocks that I feel a lot of parents have when it comes to doing this on their own is they pay taxes. By George, you ought to be educating my kid. Well, you know what, Andrew? I paid taxes and still sent seven kids to private school. So you know what? Who cares? Yeah. Well, they're right. They should be educating. But they're not. Exactly. They're not. And the government's not capable of it. Your government at its best will protect our rights. It's a protective uh, organization. or It's a protective institution. But it's not a productive one. You know, what would no. Milton Friedman say that if we put the government in charge of the Sahara in five years, there'd be a shortage of sand? That's right. They're not, they're not a productive agency. They, they can't educate the, ch- the children. And so, uh, but the parents can't. And, and, there's a, and there's a lot of things that parents can do. For one, you know, when a child, you know, for, I do with my daughter, and I know um, a lot of parents do. You, t- you t- take the kid to the library or the bookstore, she, she or he, you know, pick out, let the kid pick out the book because you want, you want the book to be something the child's interested in. When right. my daughter picked up, you know, two years old, she picked up some goofy stories about dogs that could fly and things. And I, but she liked it, and I read it to her. You know, and she found out, and the kid finds out, there's things in books that are interesting. And the child is motivated to read. And by four years old, you don't have to wait till five or six, by four or five years old, using phonics, using systematic phonics, you could teach a motivated child to read in a matter of weeks. You just teach them the 26 mm. letters in the alphabet, the 44 sounds, that the combination of the sounds that the letters and the combinations of letters make, and the child can then decode the vast majority of words in the English language, and the whole world of knowledge is then open to that child. Good point. That's that thing, the main thing parents can do for their kids, whether they send them to school or they don't. No, you, you, are, you are spot on. I mean, this is one of those areas where I am very passionate about this. I have been. I, I know that I get, I take some heat at times, Andrew, because I'm one of those where I, I really believe that I don't care what you're paying in taxes. Guess what? My kids, my youngest is 30. He hasn't been in school in a long, long time. I'm still paying taxes as well. And by the way, I, I do feel right. like I do feel this, and I want to get your opinion on this. I think, I could be wrong, but I think as we start to see a shift, I, the particular county I live in, which, by the way, the second largest public school county in Colorado, Jefferson County, they just closed uh, 13, 14 schools, I want to say, as we headed into fall because of lack of student participation. People are doing exactly what you're saying. So here's my point, Andrew. As these schools start to end up with budget surpluses because, A, our birth rate is down, and, B, people start educating their own kids, you and I got to believe at some point when we start seeing these surpluses, they're going to have to change some of their levies because they won't be able to spend all the money coming in, and counties will be looking at that saying, wait a minute, guys, time out. You've got this excess now. You know, you, you're, we've capped you know, some of the things that you can do when it comes to, you know, student, you know, to, to teacher salaries and so on. The reality is, as that starts to come in and there's a plethora of money, they won't have any choice but to lower your taxes anyways. 
Well, it's certainly the morally right thing to do. I mean, I think we should abolish the government schools. And well, you and I time. both. Don't, don't get me started on that one. <laughs> my, my point is, I mean, I'm with you. Problem is, I don't see that ever happening. So I try to look at it in other ways, other avenues. You know, how do we get this from the back door in? Because you're not going to walk in and just shut them down. That's what I want, but it's not going to happen. But two things yeah. I think need shut down, Andrew. Public schools and the buses that go with them. <laughs> yes, and you're absolutely right then the taxes that fund the government schools, whether it's property taxes, uh, income taxes, or sales taxes, need to be abolished so that the people have more disposable income to then send their kids to private schools or, right. hire, or hire private tutors. And the, way, the main way, I think, to, to lead to abolition of the government school system is to, for parents to pull the kids out of the schools, homeschool them, or send them to you know, small community schools, the micro schools, or higher tutors, you join or form homeschool co-ops uh, and starve the monster of victim. Yep. You know, that, that's the way to gradually... There, there's, there's, only, there's one other way to do it as well, and we talk about that a lot here, too. This is another one that's tough to do, although... Although this is starting to happen in places like Arizona, and that's Andrew vouchers. If you had vouchers where you can take that same money that would normally be going to every other, you know, we'd be going to the school district in Colorado. It's about $13,000 per student to educate them. So let's give each person, you know, $10,000 per student to go educate your kid wherever you want to. Yeah, there's going to be some overhead there. I get that. I'll, 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 you know, I'll allow a 30% overhead charge if you would. But at the end of the day, give each kid or, you know, give this voucher attached to each kid 10 grand. If you want to add to that or do whatever you want to with it so be it as long as the kids educated at the end of the day that's the other alternative we have yeah that's a step in the step in the right direction the parents have the money you know to uh choose your school choice here to choose how they're going to educate their their own children and you you know look um some parents don't want to homeschool because they say I'm not I'm not a teacher and so forth. And, and, and by the way, that. Andrew, I, I, I I'm I I'm one of those guys, so I get that. I, I'm not that guy either. I I am not a teacher. Don't have the patience for it. It's just not going to happen. I wouldn't be that guy. So I'm a guy that's going to find alternatives and did. By the way, even 25, 30 years ago, I found alternatives to the public school system. So there is those alternatives. But to your point, a lot of folks have that ability. And and the other thing that's happened too, by the way, today that wasn't around 25, 30 years ago. The co-ops and the things that you're talking about that allow people to homeschool and not take that burden on all by yourself also exist today. Exactly right. And I say to those people, how good a teacher do you have to be to do a better job than the government? No, that's true, too. Good point. Great point. have to be good. Yeah, especially the fundamental uh, arena of education is in the early grades. That's where it's really important. And for an adult to teach young children... You know, there's all these beginner's books, the For Dummies series, for example. So you mm. get, you know, math, beginning math books, you get beginning history books, and you read them over the summer, and you're, and you're prepared then to teach the you know, elementary school kids math and reading and, you know, and history and so on. You could definitely do a better job than the government schools. And the, co- the co-ops are really, really cool because parents could get together. Not in all states. Some of the real leftist states won't allow it. Right. But in a lot of states. Parents could get together and jointly teach the, the children, you know. So one one uh, parent is an engineer, and he or she teaches math. And another, your parents are MD, and he or she teaches, you know, biology. And one parent maybe is, is a bricklayer or a gardener, but is an avid reader, you know, and, re- and teaches writing and literature and stuff. And, and, and um, you know, that's... You, and there's all these uh, resources online. You can find different curricula that have been designed by parents to teach... So there's a lot of support networks now for parents who want to homeschool and perform homeschool. No, you're, you're right. I mean, that, that is a movement. Um, 
again, that, that quite frankly wasn't as strong some 30 years ago that it is today. In fact, it really didn't even get its, its real starts until probably 20 years ago, roughly, and it's been growing ever since, and we interview those folks here quite often. I will say, Andrew, I mean, what the plus sides uh, to this is, I believe last year alone, I want to say last year alone, 8 million kids went from public school to homeschool. That's a huge shift. We just need more of it. Absolutely. And another encouraging sign, John, is that one of the leading demographics shifting to homeschooling are black Americans. Yeah, so they amen. Have, they've had it with the hard That's right. schooling. That's, That's right. Yeah, and again, as I said earlier, and I meant what I said, Andrew, they, they are literally uh, communist indoctrination camps is what I call them. They're not educating your kids. They're teaching them everything but what they need to learn, which is math, you know, arithmetic, reading, all the different things they need to know to go out into life and succeed. They're teaching them that they should be, you know, if they're a boy, they need to be a girl, or what's the proper pronoun, or, or, or. It's a bunch of crap, Andrew, is what it is. Yeah, absolutely right. It's, it's leftist indoctrination, you know, whether it's about man-made global warming or America's evil and right. socialism, theory to capitalism. And if they teach American history at all, it's often with Howard Zinn's book, you know, That's right. History of, of the United States. And Zinn was literally a member of the Communist Party. And so, yeah, it, it, is, it is a lot of propaganda. And, and it goes back to Dewey and those guys 100, you know, 100 years ago. Their basic vision is, you know, use IQ tests. We find the brightest. We educate them in the academic subjects. They're going to college. They're going to be society's future leaders. The rest of us don't need much academic training, just a, a moderate amount that we get. We need practical skills, skills, hygiene, driver's ed, sex ed, you know, and um, uh, vocational uh, training like woodshop, mm -hmm. all of which is good stuff, but I think should be left to parents and after school and stuff, and the schools should focus on, on academics. But anyway, the bulk of us, according to the powers that be in the school system, we don't need to think very much. We don't need thinking skills. We don't need a lot of academic subjects. What we need is to be good at our jobs and obey the wise rules of the state. Hmm. That's their vision, and they put that into, into, a, into effect. They've dumbed down the academics for most American kids severely over the past hundred years yep. in accordance with this nightmare uh, socialist, uh, collectivist, paternalist political vision of this. Real quick before we go, talk about A Death of Eagles. It's a book that you've recently published. It's on Amazon. Talk about that for a second, Andrew. Oh, A Dearth of Eagles. That's a novel that I published. Oh, sorry, Dearth. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, Dearth of Eagles. My, my bad. Dearth of Eagles. Eagles. Yeah, that's about a freedom fighter in Bulgaria who uh, wants to be a writer, and he's, uh, he's helping dissidents escape from Bulgaria during the communist regime. And he's in a writing program in New York. He's writing about these heroes. He's writing these hero books. And the you know the contemporary literature guys they they want antiheroes not heroes and they won't they don't take you seriously and he's thinking but I work with these guys every day but I can't tell you because they're behind the iron curtain and they they'll put these guys lives in in danger so that's a, a dearth of eagles on but the book I have out right now is on education is why Johnny still can't read or write or yeah. understand math and what we could do about it. that's available from Amazon and okay. and Barnes.com also. All right. Awesome. Again, folks, Andrew Bernstein, appreciate you joining us very much, Andrew. Welcome anytime. Thanks. And, and again, uh, you know, we just got to keep fighting the fight. What else can we do? That's it. Absolutely right. No matter how many political victories we win, if we lose in the field of education, we right. lose. The going to be pushed into communism. Amen. Thanks, Andrew. Appreciate it very much. Solar Energy Partners, folks, is next. And as I've been talking all week, you know, grand new partners of ours and Alan Davis there. And this is an easy system, by the way. 
Uh, what I mean by that is it, it, no new debt, doesn't ding on your credit score, uh, no issues there whatsoever. There's even some, pro, you know, some, some programs for commercial property. So if you're a commercial property owner and you're looking to reduce some of your bills that way, you can look at it that way as well. And on average, it's about $1,000 a year savings. And for somebody that are larger homes, it might even be bigger than that. 303-378-7537. When you pay your power bill, 1% of the money is used to hire people whose jobs are to increase your power bill. Never see another rate increase from big energy again when you invest in solar energy for your home with Alan Davis of Solar Energy Partners. Getting you a return for your solar investment is Alan's main priority. You may even receive a negative bill from the energy company, meaning they pay you. Alan's primary concern is saving you money with solar. Enjoy consistent rates, a 30% federal tax credit, and increased market value on your home. Allen only sells what he believes will give you a great financial return. The unprecedented rate increases are only going to continue. Locking in a lower rate now means that no matter what the government lets big energy do, you'll still pay the same rate or less for your energy. Don't pay them to raise the rates on you. Make an investment with your power now. Make your investment today by contacting Allen. Call 303-378-7537. That's 303-378-7537. Folks, be responsible also. Make sure that your estate is in order. Michael Bailey can help you with that. He'll come to see you as well. 720-394-6887. Michael Bailey's estate planning services come to you, making the difficult decision of planning for death a little easier to stomach. Once something happens to you, there is no way for you to go back and prepare. Let's say you live, yet cannot make decisions for yourself. Without proper planning ahead of time, your family cannot make any decisions for you without going to court. They will need medical power of attorney to give your family the ability to make the hard but necessary decisions when you are debilitated. Without it, they must go through the courts during an already very stressful time. Estate planning protects your family. They deserve to have the ability to make the hard decisions in the case you are severely incapacitated. Prepare for all the possibilities now. Set up a free, no-obligation consultation now with KLZ's mobile estate planner, Michael Bailey, at klzradio.com estate. That's klzradio.com estate. Don't make this another missed opportunity. Stop spinning your wheels by working yourself to death while just trying to keep your business from sinking. Stop ignoring your options and take help from John Rush. He doesn't want to work with you to see your business just survive. With a free 30-minute consultation, John will give you an overview of how you can make your business thrive, even through something like a recession. You know you've been looking the other way and that you needed help a long time ago. John isn't here to judge you. He's here to help you succeed. Get off Dead Center and choose more for your business and for yourself. Email John Rush now at john at rushtoreason.com. Again, that's john at rushtoreason.com. This is Josh with Business Equipment Service. Here's a message from one of our satisfied customers. Teresa at the Campion Church said, I have worked with this company for nine years. They are some of the best people to work with. When I call for service on our copier, they are always looking to get there as soon as they can. One time I had a deadline and my copier was down, I called them up to see if I could use a copier in their office and they said, come right on over. Duke has personally come and delivered a copier for our use for a few weeks to make high-speed copies. I have enjoyed working with BES and would definitely recommend them. 
If you are looking into purchasing office equipment or need service on equipment you currently have, give us a call at 303-825-5664. Now back to Rush to Reason on KLZ 560. All right, Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush. New court evidence right before the COVID censorship began. So new court documents reveal that, this is on Blaze News, by the way, that Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg gave Dr. Anthony Fauci his personal cell phone number before the social media giant began censoring information about the COVID-19 pandemic. This is, by the way, all coming out now publicly, which doesn't look good for either one of them, which I don't know why, as supposedly smart of individuals they both are, they didn't think any of this would ever be made known public. You can't be one of the richest individuals in the world in charge of a platform where it's supposed to be free speech. And you're giving the guy that's in charge of how the country is going to respond to COVID your personal cell phone number. Now, if he would have given him a card of one of his aides or somebody in the, you know, the media Department of Facebook, that might be a little different situation. It wouldn't look near as bad. But to just flat out give Fauci your cell phone number? How stupid are these guys? Evidently, pretty. Pretty stupid. You knuckleheads. All they're proving, by the way, all you lefties out there that, yes, I know you listen to me, which some of you wanted me to die during COVID. I'm still here, by the way. Proud to be here, by the way. But for those of you that are on the left that said all of what I said about COVID early on and I wore a tinfoil hat and, you know, I was driving conspiracy theories and I just didn't understand reality and I didn't believe in the science and, 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 and. And I went through those arguments on air, off air, both. Who's right, by the way? I have been. We have been. The data, by the way, which is all I was reading, was right. I didn't have to know the science. I could read the data, and I had common sense when it came to certain things that we were doing. It's not that complicated. And yet, you've got knuckleheads like Fauci running around that really wanted to lock everybody up, because this was a guy, you know, literally drunk on power at that point. Still is. And another control freak, Mark Zuckerberg, which, yes, he's a control freak. If you don't believe me, go watch The Social Network. It's not, I realize, an exact portrayal of what happened with the early ons of Facebook, but it's pretty darn close from what a lot of people have said. Right, Charlie? I mean, everybody involved in that back then, there was lawsuits over it and so on. I don't think it's as far off as probably most people think. I don't think Hollywood embellished much is my point. And it made Zuckerberg out to look like an absolute control freak, which he is. Anybody that knows him knows that he is. So you've got two control freaks that literally want to control the conversation around COVID, exchanging numbers. Call me, Fauci. We'll chat. Again, not looking good for either one of them at this point, and the fact that It's now gone on record 
you know, Zuckerberg has come out publicly and even stated that, yeah, we FBI asked us to suppress certain things coming out when it came to COVID and the vaccine. We were told basically what to allow out and what not to allow out on Facebook. You know, what we were going to fact check versus not fact check, who we were going to put in Facebook jail and who we weren't going to put in Facebook jail. A lot of you listening, by the way, went to Facebook jail. I know it's a badge of honor for most. I've never been because I don't post much. Just I got better things to do. Sorry, I just don't. I did some during COVID, and every time I did, especially when it involved something around COVID, it just became this big, huge battle. Some of the highest posts, Facebook allowed me to stay on there because my position was this is just a bunch of nonsense. And as it's turned out, it was total nonsense. By the way, something else that I learned more of last night, we had an argument with a liberal yesterday about being carbon neutral. So I went ahead and you know did a little more research last night when I got home. And I was right. There is no way, without buying your way into it, that you are quote-unquote carbon neutral. It's, it's impossible. Just like I said yesterday, it's impossible. The way these companies are getting by with saying they're carbon neutral is they're buying their way into that. They're buying credits or they're doing whatever they can to quote-unquote offset their carbon footprint, which I will say again, there's no, it's, there's no possible way to do. It, it's just absolutely, I don't care what PhD you might think you have, it's absolutely physically impossible to counter whatever you're producing in this world. I don't care how many trees you go out and plant. I don't care what you as a company think you're going to do to offset your footprint. It's physically impossible to do so. It does not exist. That is another left lie. It's propaganda, plain and simple. Just like the term green energy is propaganda. It is impossible to be green when it comes to energy. It does not exist. Period. You know, even hydro, which we know comes from water running through generators, through turbines that creates electricity. It's probably the cleanest form of energy there is. But it still had to be made in the first place. The dam had to be created. The tunnels have to be created. The, the turbines have to be created. The blades have to be created. It has to be maintained. Again, folks, it's not even green. Because there's no such thing. It doesn't exist. I'm not some PhD, never claimed to be, won't be, and have no desire to be. But I have enough common sense to know that when you're making energy of any kind, something's being used, period. And something had to be made in the first place to make said energy. Thereby, there is no such thing as being carbon neutral. It's a play on words and a lie to the public. Roofmax is up next. Now, we talked about the solar side of it a few minutes ago. One thing that needs to happen, by the way, is you need to make sure your roof is in great working order, that it's perfect, literally, before those panels go up. Otherwise, it's just not going to function properly down the road because once those panels are up, you're not going to get back to your roof. That's why the underlayment of what's under those panels needs to be top-notch. That's where Dave Hart comes in. He can make sure that all that is done, ready to go. Whether you have solar panels or not, he can make sure that your roof is in top working order as we head into these fall and winter months. 303-710-6916 or go to rushtoreason.com. 
When you replace your roof now, you're getting less and paying more. Instead of replacing your roof, get a rejuvenate with Dave Hart from RoofMax. Shingles made 15 years ago were thicker and tougher than what's on the market today. Quality materials has gone down, meaning you consistently pay more for the bare minimum. The existing material quality of your roof is probably better now than what you could get on a reasonable budget brand new. Get more life out of your roof with RoofMax. Maintain the longevity of your roof with the patented resin treatment from RoofMax so you can pay less over time. The expert installation of the RoofMax treatment adds a minimum of five guaranteed years to your roof, giving you more time with the investment you already made buying the house in the first place. Call Dave Hart with RoofMax at 303-710-6916. That's 303-710-6916. The only recommended roof rejuvenation on KLZ 560 AM. This isn't Rage Radio. This is real, relatable radio. Back to Rush to Reason. It's the crazy train, that's for sure. No, not really. We just talk about the crazy train on a regular basis. By the way, I got a text message in. Zuckerberg and Fauci both, as far as I'm concerned, ought to be behind bars. What they did to the American public and the lies, or the, the not allowing the truth to be released to the American public, they both should be behind bars, in my opinion. Won't happen, but... That's my desire and my thought as to what would happen or should happen. So another full hour coming your way, though, so don't go anywhere, guys. John Tamney, he's been with us before. He's going to join us and talk about the student debt cancellation and the fact that it is most likely unconstitutional. We'll come back and talk about that in a moment. This is Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560.